the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Come and smash that subscribe. Come and smash that like and join us in the chat. We are going to be opening up uh, the recruiting doors just a little bit, but Elliot guiding us through the new 24-7 sports top 247. It's been a while since we've had an update, and we've got like dozens and dozens of new names added to that list, a little bit of shakeup at the top, and so we will be looking at uh, players that we should be keeping an eye on, teams that might be making a move, and just sort of overall trends with the class uh, as we are resetting things here in late March. Also, just like we mentioned on Monday, we need you. We need you. Yeah, you listening, you watching. We need you to go and vote for us, the Cover 3 podcast, because we are a finalist in the American football category for the Sports Podcast Awards. So, Here's what we got. We've got a link in the episode description. We've got a QR code on screen right now. We need you to go and vote for us because, I mean, we got NFL shows we're going up against. We got fantasy shows we're going up against. I mean, we have some heavy hitters, and we are finalists for this award, and so we need you to go and vote. Hit the episode description uh, in the audio form. Hit it in the video form on YouTube, or you can scan that QR code Right now, you can only vote once. Danny, you voting right now? Dang it, I already did. I didn't know you couldn't go more. I just tried to do it again. This is an honest. This is an honest process. I'm, I've been very surprised. They vetted us thoroughly. You know, we had to put together our package, and we had to, you know, really um, put in the effort to be able to make sure that we were all buttoned up. So they vetted your package, Chip. They listen. <laughs> they vetted my package. I was. I was clean. I was, uh, and I checked out, and so we were not uh, scratched from being finalists. Com- oh. As as opposed to if I tried to have uh, eligibility, you know, at the college level, I would have eligibility issues. You know, you could you could find sometimes that I would have violated uh, rules, policies, and bylaws. <laughs> but this is this is an area where I think that I'm not going to hold us back. I've got an appointment next month to get my package vetted. I, I just texted Mags. I was like, hey, babe, uh, we're going to need to do some package vetting. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Don. Uh, thank you to everybody else in the chat who's saying that uh, you are have already voted or you are voting right now. We appreciate you doing that. All right. Before we get to the recruiting, I wanted to go back to an interesting uh, – you know, a topic that wasn't really a college football topic, but it became a college football topic because – 
Nick Saban uh, opened up spring practice on Monday. And when he had his first press conference, he wanted to address something that had happened the week prior, which was spring break. Uh, Tony Mitchell, the freshman defensive back, an early enrollee getting picked up on uh, drugs, guns. Um, it, uh, he was driving a car about 114 miles an hour. There was a passenger in the car. Passenger got the gun charged. Tony Mitchell ends up with the drug charges, uh, possession with intent to sell or distribute. And Nick Saban had this to say. Uh, Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team uh, and all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around and what you do, who you associate yourself with. And, uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So um, it is what it is, but uh, there is, you know, cause and effect when you make, you know, choices and decisions that uh, put you in bad situations. So um, that's that's a subtweet of <laughs> Nate Oates mm-hmm. of the Alabama basketball program and like maybe even the athletic director, Greg Byrne, who was caping up for Nate Oates and Brandon Miller and the basketball program on the College Game Day podcast and trying to describe all the different reasons why Brandon Miller had not been sat down because Brandon Miller, uh, according to police testimony, was driving a car that delivered a gun that was used to kill a young woman on January 15th in Tuscaloosa. One of his teammates has been indicted on capital murder charges, and another man who is accused of pulling the trigger has also been indicted on capital murder charges. Brandon Miller missed zero time for team activities. We discovered uh, his involvement in this tragedy in February, and we have been dealing with it and continue to deal with it as a story as Alabama prepares for the Sweet 16. Nick, laying down the hammer. What you think? I don't think there was anything coincidental about what Nick Saban said. Yeah. I don't think to to pretend that Nick Saban, a man who has accomplished everything he has accomplished as a college football coach by paying attention to every single damn detail of what he does on a daily basis, who has gone into press conferences like this a thousand times and delivered messages through the press conference didn't know exactly what he was saying. Now, maybe, maybe let's, let's pretend the money quote, which was wrong place, wrong time. There's no such thing. Let's pretend that's a coincidence. He also said, you have to be responsible for where you're at, who Who you're with, with, what you're doing. That's it's a million percent. You could say he's taking a shot. I don't care. Whatever. It's a million percent. He's in reference to that because if you're Nick Saban, everything you've done for Alabama and that football program, and for what's happening with the basketball program, and this isn't about Brandon Miller, his culpability, his innocence, or anything. It's the fact that he was involved in the situation, and he didn't have to be involved in the situation. And there was absolutely no kind of repercussions from it is from the basketball team. There's been, there's going to be real life repercussions from it. And then for the guy who coaches the basketball team to get a contract extension and a raise shortly after all this happens, you don't think Nick Saban's sitting in that athletic building and he's not pissed off about what he's saying. Give me a break. Of course he is. Yeah. I I think he's got to be pissed that Tony Mitchell would put himself in this situation after what just happened with Brandon Miller. And just as a PSA, if you're going to deal drugs, don't drive 114 miles an hour. You probably don't. Wasn't it 141? Oh, did I get Oh, I'm pretty sure it's 141. Well, in Florida, that's a felony too. I'm fairly certain. No, but the the article that I read specific, because I had a discussion this morning about what's the fastest you've ever driven, and it's never been close to 141. But that's just a side note, 141. Speaking of playing for Bama and driving really fast, the rental car I got this weekend was a souped-up Dodge. So like, I this literally looks like 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 Hertz thinks I play for the tie, given all the cars those guys get. Um, all right, so don't do don't too. drive super fast if you're going to deal drugs. I think if you're Nick and you're Alabama, clearly like they mishandled the Brandon Miller situation. Nate Oates is not really good at public speaking when it comes to this type of stuff. I'm especially a lot of coaches aren't. Most coaches don't have to deal 
with their no. players being involved in a murder situation. Bama also really stepped in it by like caping up for Brandon Miller and his version of the story when they clearly were not forthcoming, like he and his attorney, as I probably wouldn't be either, by the way. I, I would I would tell my employer like almost zero about this if I had to, unless they could actually force me to do it. But they kind of like they kind of propagated Miller's version of the story, but it was such a like a limited version that then Bama got egg on its face when the other details came out. I, I there was there had to be like a a wait what type moment inside of Alabama. So now Bama's got a bad reputation in the media, and Saban has got to be pissed that Miller did this, or excuse me, that, that Tony Mitchell did this, rather. And he can go out there and sort of reset the tone for the whole Alabama athletic program, not just his football team. Like, hey, we don't tolerate this. And it also, it's, it's a message to his own team. Tony Mitchell is a really highly rated recruit. I mean, he's a, he's a stud corner. And if you're Nick, you, you got to be annoyed by this. That's so... I don't think it was like because a lot of people want to make it out like it was a shot at Nate Oates. I don't think Nick Saban has any desire. Like, is he ups- jealous of the I winning? Think, I think he's disgusted. I think yeah. he's disgusted with the. I think he internally believes that when you get caught in situations like these, you suspend indefinitely while you gather information. Like right. Gary Parish on the Iron College Basketball Podcast, his line, and, and I think it's really good, that says all the time we hear that someone has been suspended for a violation of team rules, and it's very vague, or you've been suspended indefinitely while you gather in more information. If you do not have a team rule that says you should not be driving around at 2 a.m. with a loaded gun in your car approaching an altercation that leads to someone being murdered, then what kind of program are you running? Like this like, – Violation of team rules, you're suspended indefinitely. We're going to sit you down until we find out more. And I think that I think that what I saw from Nick Saban was him detailing the way that he believes these situations should be handled. I think he was to Bud's point. I think he always, I think a lot he talks to his players, like through the media. And I think this is his opportunity to reiterate a message because I don't think Nick Saban lets any opportunity go buy without taking advantage of it oh don't waste the lost great call so, yeah. yep. but also like i think i think as the situation was unfolding not this most recent issue with mitchell but right after the basketball news is full fledged i could almost guarantee you nick saban talked to his football team about hey watch what's happening with them we cannot let this happen to us. This is unacceptable. Look at the damage it's done to our brand. Look at what how potentially has messed up Brandon Miller's NBA career. And, and I guarantee you, he probably brought up the, and you can't tell me you were in the wrong place at the wrong time because nobody cares. Nobody cares if about your excuse. And it also was the company you keep. And that's something my parents taught me from a very young age is, you know, choose your friends wisely. And I, that was all these were messages I bet Nick Saban told his team right after that happened, and then now is kind of reiterating and say, see, I told you so. There's no such thing as wrong place at the wrong time. Even though this is a completely different situation and the rest is different, I just think it was Saban reiterating that message. You know, for the people that thought he was taking shots at Nate Oates, I mean, he did go to, and I saw somebody pointed out in the chat, he sat next to J- Justin Thomas like few, a few days after the Brandon Miller news came out that he was there and Bama was under all this scrutiny. He did go to a basketball game. I think it was Arkansas they were playing. So mm-hmm. like, it's not like he's going to hold out a vendetta or he's upset at Nate Oates. I think it's also the Bama brand. Like He knows the damage it's done to the entire university when you see a situation like this unfold. Also, would be super cynical. Not really. I got a lot to do today. <laughs> it depends on, on, on how cynical the take is. Yeah. If you're Nick Saban, do you want like the dander raised for Tuscaloosa police? Give them a reason to start looking around at things a little harsher to try to kind of clear the image? No. Wait. Okay. What does that also, mean? What's dander. Like get their dander up. Like if based on this situation, we see it all the time. Some police forces around campuses are a little friendly, but then PR things happen. There's backlash and things get a little tighter. Mm. Do you want to be kind of, you know, I'm just saying if we want, I'm not saying I think this is the case, but I'm saying if we want to look at the most cynical kind of look at what happened here. And Mitchell got picked up in in Florida. Yes. um, But my point is on spring break. My point is, yeah, 
Yeah. But but my point is, do you want these kind of kind you know more eyes on the program in this more of these eyes on your program? Maybe. You know what else probably hasn't pissed off? Go go one state over. Go look at Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. What have they just had an issue with? Yeah. Speeding, right? How many Georgia guys have recently got DUIs or have gotten tickets or arrests for going 100 miles, you know, like more than double the speed limit? And 141 evading the arrest report, which I mean, a lot of them say this was uh, eyes look like red, hazy, gla- glazed over, which sort of Im- implies impairment, right? Like he admitted to evading uh, police at 141. I mean, at the very least, this is driving like an idiot. 141 is really quick. So uh, he's got to be pissed about that, too. He's like, look look what Jalen Carter just did to his draft stock. Tom, your Bears ain't taking Jalen Carter at number one overall anymore. Right? I mean, they yeah, tried it out, but like... They might take him at nine, though. Yeah, I, see? That, that's going to cost you some money. <laughs> that's going to cost money. Yeah. You know, I mean... Am I getting old for being glad that Nick Saban said this? Does that make me sound <laughs> crotchety? Like... That some adults in the room are coming. That somebody's yeah. That there's an adult in the room because yeah. there are very few times these. It's too often there is not an adult in the room in college sports when it gets in the way of winning games. Mm-hmm. Like winning games has taken a priority over being a decent person. Of far too often. Can also, I? I'll I'll give you a cynical take. This is probably the easiest case that Nick Saban could get up there and make these statements and come down hard on a player and there's no right play. I mean, this is about the most idiotic thing you could do as a player. The details are make everybody go, what were you thinking? So it's a very easy opportunity for Nick Saban to come out with this take. It's not Brandon Miller. It's like this isn't him doing it if it was Bryce Young. Right. This is a player who, Bud, you're right, like super talented player, like one of the top prospects coming out of the state of Alabama. But he was a freshman. Yeah. He was an early enrollee. Like we're we are going to see we're going to have some time before Tony Mitchell starts being um you know counted on or relied upon for overall success uh with this team. So well if he ever oh. suits up for Alabama at this point. Did you guys see the uh the model of the car? Of the, the car Dodge, 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 right? Black Dodge Challenger. Charger? Was that what you uh, had? No, exact same one I had, yeah. <laughs> Was Bud so were you involved? <laughs> <laughs> was Bud the other man in the car with Tony Mitchell? Yeah, I, I'm the one that told him to punch it. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to stop at Burger King first. The kids are hungry. <laughs> Bud slinging the Bud. Yeah. Oh, need to move to California and open a dispensary. I know. <laughs> That's a, that's a it's a good idea. Yeah, they don't have enough of those. There's need <laughs> really corner the market in California with a dispensary. <laughs> yeah, all of I think that all the cars that I've owned, isn't it called the governor? Like where it just cuts off? The like, governor I, plate? Yeah, I don't think that I've been ever been able to go faster than like 105. Yeah. This I mean, goes like, back to the whole issue of what we talked about when the Jalen Carter Georgia stuff was coming out, like the players have more access to buy nicer cars and those nicer cars go a lot faster than what you can typically afford as a kid coming out. And I know Bama's always had, you know, they've had nice vehicles and every college football town has had it, but it is becoming more prevalent and cars are just faster. I mean, I remember you're talking about fast, like what the governor was. I remember I had a forerunner in college and when we try to come home, you know what the governor was when it started to like shimmy? It was like, oh, mm-hmm. better slow down. Mm-hmm. Like it's going too fast. He thought it was going to blow up. Like that was the governor. Um, yeah. And Oliver mentioned something that Bud also mentioned, you know, with the Jalen Carter stuff that we can't ignore, like Henry Ruggs being the like a, a story and a layer to this that has got to be on the mind of Nick Saban as well uh, in terms of driving fast and being reckless. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it was an interesting message here uh, that Nick Saban had. And yet, to me, as, as we've sort of said, it, it's a lot more than just the wrong place, wrong time money quote. I think that he's trying to make a bigger example. And I like the idea. I, I, I like the idea, and I hope it's right, that it's probably also a little bit of a message to his team as well. You got anything else? No. I, the only other thing I've really thought about this is like, yeah, guys are getting nicer cars now with NIL deals and stuff, but you really don't see top NFL players dealing drugs. I mean, it's pretty rare, right? I, I, I'm not saying it never happens, but like, who's like the last like, Sam Hurd, act, active, the, good NFL player? You know? Sam Hurd, when he was with the Bears, he was the original cocaine bear. He just got out of prison. <laughs> cocaine bear. 
Yeah. I mean, don't you think he just picked up the drug dealer? He was Nate, riding around with him. Nate Newton got busted. Nate Newton was like a, I don't know. I'm going to qualify him. Nate Newton Hall was the one I was talent. thinking of. Yeah. Didn't he get busted like twice oh, in a very a short period? Yeah. Was pushing weight. Um, He got busted. Who else has been busted? I mean, there has been. It's like, you know, listen, you get money, but you got to you, you gotta get more money. And, you know, it's called it's like a 401k, just greener. An opportunity. Yeah. It's just it's just we it's all the opportunists out there that uh, that that jump on it. All right. Coming up on the other side, taking a look at the new top 247 from 24-7 Sports. What are some of the big trends that we're seeing in the class? Who are some names that you should know and more next? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, bud, we're going um, to have you sort of guide us through not only these names, but sort of this process. What, why is now the good time? Because we haven't had an update to this set of rankings since November. What's happened since then and and sort of how does this uh this big list come together yeah so it, it's a really complicated process it, it it starts with the film right and a lot of that film comes out you know thanksgiving christmas around that time coaches are trying to get their seniors off and and, and to the colleges so then they'll turn and they'll make the highlight tapes for their juniors those start to trickle out and, and it, it takes a long time if you're doing it right to watch all of these and then we're also getting to see these kids at some national combines, like, like, like the Army Combine that we have in San Antonio. You're getting a lot of the stuff at the Under Armour camps and, and, and the UC Report stuff. We're, we're going to watch these kids in person. You're also talking to schools. Hey, have you got? Have you actually seen this guy in person? Have you seen this guy in person? Yeah, we just got him on camp. Okay, cool. Like, what, what measurement did you have for him? We, we had him at this. Oh, you had him at, at this. That, that's, that's a pretty big difference. That's good to have a, a verified number there. And we're also taking a look at stuff how did you play in basketball, right? How were your track times? Did you win in wrestling? We, we, we find there's a lot of correlation between guys who can exceed at other sports. It, it tells me that you're probably a really special athlete if you can dominate multiple sports. And that suggests that once you do decide to focus solely on football, that you may have a little extra upside that you can unlock. So now it's kind of the first time that we've actually been able to put all that stuff together for the class, and, and I certainly feel a lot better about the March rankings uh, than I did about the late November rankings because we just have more data, and these will continue to get better and better throughout the process. Why are there 32 five-stars? Yeah, so there are 32 picks in the NFL draft unless you have like somebody tampering, right? Uh, 31 <laughs> this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so – we like to, to try to correlate it with that, right? We're, we're not trying to figure out who's going to be the best college player. We're trying to talent identify who has the most talent. And so the way we grade our rankings, and some people disagree with this, and I, I think they have a point, uh, but I, I, I'm going to stick with what we do, is that we try to project what the NFL draft will be because the NFL is looking for talent. They're going to take that talent and mold it into what 
they want. So we're really, really looking for talent and traits. That's not to say that performance and track record and stats and character don't matter because they certainly do. They matter to us. They matter to colleges. They matter to the NFL. But so we try to track it. Hey, if we have 32 five stars, we want all, all 32 of those to be first round picks. Will they be? No. Are the rankings pretty good in terms of projecting it? Actually, yeah, you're about a thousand times more likely to be a first round pick as a five star than you are as like a random three star or, or even a two star. So, can you throw out a different number than a thousand times? That's a big number. Like, out of, out of any, um, out of the 32 five stars in a given class, like, about how many would will go on to be you know, first round type picks? First round picks is really hard to, to project. Like, we, we are seeing a decent number. More than half are going to be drafted historically, which is actually pretty good. I mean, and in, in recent years, it's been like close to 70% being drafted, which is pretty nice. And I, I think we'll continue to trend probably higher as, as we get better data, better film, honestly. Like part of this is being able to watch, watch these tapes, pull them up and have them be in HD. And you can identify, hey, that's actually the lineman I'm supposed to be watching here. I can see the move that he made, right? And like it, even 10, 15 years ago, a lot of schools especially in poor or, or rural areas, didn't have HD cameras. They were just filming on stuff that was crazy grainy and, and kind of hard to evaluate. So uh, the rankings are getting more accurate every year. We'll see about the COVID class. That was sort of crapshoot for everybody, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I, do I think a that's... Quick, can I do a real quick experiment? Yeah. Yes. Bryce Young, five-star. CJ Stroud, five-star. Will Anderson Jr.? Five star. Five star. Okay. Let's say Jalen Carter. Definitely five star. Five. Five star. Anthony Richardson. Like uh, top 200 type player. Four star. So right in there. I'm just trying to remember all the mock drafts. Look at Paris Johnson Jr. Five star. Five star. Projected top uh, pick. Uh, Will Levis. Uh, Like a high three star, low four star, I believe. I think it was high three. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Five. five star for us at least. I yeah, so I mean, some. like, I'm just trying to go through the top ten picks, and most of them are five stars. Peter Skansky. I, I took over for Barton in terms of writing the like which recruiting service had the best rankings article every year, and uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited to write this year's draft. I, I will say, like, <laughs> Barton did did it, and, and I, I think our our current team is is awesome. With you know, Ivan's at Patagna and, and Chris Singletary and guys who have worked as professional scouts, guys who like. You know, Chris Peterson's director of player personnel, like like dudes who have been in it, and all of our all of our guys who do national and regional as well, getting eyeballs on kids. I'm, I'm extremely excited. Jordan, to Jordan's putting in the chat some of the first round names we've heard, and they're all five stars: B. John Robinson, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, Miles Murphy, Clemson, Broderick Jones, Drew Sanders. Like they're all five stars, and they're yeah. Like you might have like a 70 percent hit rate this year's first round, which is going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's, Who was uh, number one in the 2019 cycle? Was that um, 2019? That was the year before Bryce and, and, and CJ. So it was, there, it was between or between Trevor Lawrence. It was after. It was Antonio Alfano. Yeah. He is just traitsy as heck and just personal issues, uh, you know, mental health type stuff, I believe. And you know, I hope he can get it right eventually. Uh, yes. Stingley was up there. Demarvin Leal was up so, there. Mm-hmm. I, if, if we're going to keep Smith, giving Javon Walker, who was a number one pick, Kayvon Thibodeau. If, if we're going to um, keep giving Barton Simmons, general manager of Vanderbilt football, his flowers, there is a story from some of those debates about the 2019 cycle. And this is the quote, <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing that Barton Simmons was, um, I don't know if he was actually standing on the table, but like he was saying, you guys are scared. But this guy, meaning Trayvon Walker, is going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Wow. Walker Walker finished number five in that class. And, uh, and of in course, he's going to be the number one. Uh, but he was 22nd in. in the composite. To and be fair, composite though. factors in us. So think about like, some places didn't even have Trayvon as a five-star. You put a few oat milk and vodkas in Barton, and he's standing on <laughs> the stand table yelling stuff. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interest, interesting stuff. All right, what about it? Speaking of number one, um, what about Dylan Rayola? Where's the, what's the he he's our number one, and what's the drop off from him to the next sort of quarterback and the you know where we are with some of the quarterbacks in this class? 
It's an interesting quarterback class, guys. So it's not as good as last year's class. Last year's class was really nice and, and probably the best quarterback class we've had since like the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields class. In my opinion, this year in this year's class, we lack guys who have traits and proven production and polish, right? We have some guys that are very productive, very polished, but maybe don't have those high level. Yeah, I can see using the first overall pick on this type of, of, of guy because the maybe the arm and the overall athleticism is not amazing. And then we have guys who are really toolsy, but very raw. To me, Rayola is the one who is pretty polished. He doesn't throw very many picks. The ball usually goes where it needs to go. And he also has high-level tools. So Dylan Rayola out of Arizona is still our number one overall quarterback or number one overall player and our number one quarterback in the class. Also, I do need to say something. On the day that we had Bill Clark on, we were in the Nashville offices, and I misspoke, and it's been bugging me because I went on spring break immediately after this. So I really haven't been on a show where we were going to talk about Rayola. I missed I, I I swapped up saying father and uncle. So for Nebraska fans who got on me in the comments, you guys are absolutely right. Donovan, his uncle, is the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. His dad played for the Lions, Dominic. I D D D Uncle Father. Apologies. You guys were right. Uh speaking of Nebraska, Steve Wiltfong is reporting uh that Rayola is going to be back there this weekend. He just came off a Georgia visit, loved that. So uh, he seems to love every single visit he goes on, which if you're the number one quarterback, you should. <laughs> I did the same thing with Rayola in an article and got crap about it for a week and a half. But I will say, like going, going to the quarterback class, the one thing that stands out about it to me, and I haven't seen any of these guys play, but one thing that just looking at it, I can see why there's questions about it because you mentioned the traits and the polish. Dylan Rayola, 6'3", 220. Here's the rest of the top 10. Six feet, 192, 62, 180, 61, 195, 62 and a half, 195, 62, 225. DJ Lagway, that's a big kid. 63, 195, 64, 185, 63, 215, 62 and a half, 195. So just kind of frame wise, there's not like the prototypical 6'5, 225 pounder. Right. Exactly right. And so, like you mentioned, Lagway and the, one of the other guys on there is a little bigger. Is is Cromenhoek, so the you know Florida commit and the Florida State commit. I would put those guys in the toolsy but raw category. Like they have big time tools. Lagway, if you if you watch any of the videos, really big, but he but he's pretty raw, right? Completion percentage is not great, and you know this team's record, I think they're ten and ten with him as a starter. So you you'd hope for a little better than that, but he clearly has tools to develop. Cromenhoek actually was a really good safety uh, sitting behind Holden Gariner, who was a high four star quarterback who signed. With Auburn, so last year was his first year actually playing quarterback at the high school level. He could have transferred to a different school and, and started earlier, but you know, just he was just a six four safety. Yeah, dude, he, he can move. He's a really good athlete. Jesus. Um, so, uh, and then some of the other guys who have big time numbers don't like to Tom's point. Don't have those crazy big frames, and you know, it, it helps be big to play in the NFL. It's hard to be Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Jane Davis plays that small little private school ball in Charlotte, right? And he. he- He's probably the most Brycey of this class, you know. Um, and and Jaden was at Catawba Ridge before, uh, which is a you know, pretty good school as well. Uh, Providence Country Day, right? Yeah, n- yep. now he is. Um, yeah. like, Jaden moves really well in the pocket, very accurate. Seems to know where to go with the football. Like, there's a lot to like there with him. I mean, he's he's a good player. Eight five stars who are wide receivers. That feels heavy. Um, what is that? Is there, is there anything to make of that? Or is that just kind of like what the, what the cycle is eight, five-star wide receivers out of the 32, uh, that, that have been named here in this group? I think there, I think there's probably some signal to the noise, right? Hey, we have to put somebody there. Right. And we'll talk about about naming 32, (laughs) five-stars. The the people don't talk about a lot is you got to have 32 of them. I I would put the over under at the number of these five stars who stay five stars at probably, I don't know, like 17 and a half, 18. Oh, you know, like this is still a very, a very dynamic process. We we care about how guys play their senior season. We care about how they play when they get to the opening or to the army game or or to the under armor game, right? Like how you how you play when you match up against elite competition is a really important factor in sorting out like your top 60 guys. Cuz I can pretty much eyeball a guy and be like, "All right, 
that's a no doubt like top 75 type kid. And and you can usually tell like a top five type kid, like, oh, okay, that dude is somebody who could play in college effectively right now, you know, at 17 years old. Between like six and 60, a lot of times, it comes down to like the measurables, performance of their sports, and how do you do when you face other elite kids? Because you can go, there's such a disparate talent di- like discrepancy here in high school that sometimes you never face a guy who can check you as a receiver. How, how do you handle that adversity? But with receiver here, look, the NFL is passing more than ever. College is passing more than ever. And I think guys are playing competitive passing leagues earlier than ever in, in terms of, of youth ball, right? Like teams don't all just get in run the wing T anymore in Pop Warner. They're, they're, they're starting to throw the football. And I think we have some really special guys. At the top, Jeremiah Smith, who's committed to Ohio State, uh, oh, shocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he's from Opelika. He plays at Chaminade. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a better receiver prospect than him. And if there's somebody who's going to take the number one overall spot, I think he would be in the very short conversation of somebody who could do it, which for a non-quarterback. he, I never got to see Julio Jones in person in high school because his, his senior year was 2006. I think Jeremiah Smith is the closest thing I've seen to Julio Jones. Now, he doesn't like the comparison. He thinks he's better and doesn't like to be, be compared. He's a very mature kid. Like I, I, I like talking to him. He's like, if I had – I was like, okay, if you don't like the comparison, who do you like? He's like, I, I try to watch a lot, a lot of Devontae Adams. Like, cool. He uh, absolutely destroys other corners – who we have rated in the top 100. Like corners who shut down everybody else in high school, it's like not competitive reps when they go up against Jeremiah. He's Geno Smith's cousin, competitive hurdler, 6'3", 200, extremely good ball skills, hands that like when you shake his hand at one of these camps, he grabs you like, you know, mid forearm. Like, okay, (laughs) what what, what size gloves are those? Uh, He's a pretty like, yeah, um, I think he's in that conversation of like Calvin Ridley, Amari Amari Cooper, Andre Johnson, as far as like the best receivers to come out of South Florida. Jeez. A wide receiver has ever been number one. Is that like in the, can you think of a time in? It's been a long time. Defensive ends, quarterbacks. um, That's kind of, you know, like your linebacker edge rusher types. That's, Defensive tackles, like I don't, I don't know if I, I cannot think of a wide receiver that we've identified as like the number one player in a recruiting class. Typically, go we go with like a premium position at the top, yeah. but increasing the NFL receiver seems to be identified as a premium position. Like those guys are getting paid now more than they used to. Mm. So Jeremiah Smith is one of the top eight that's going to Ohio State. Looking at the crystal balls, long way to go. Mylon Graham is another five-star out of New Haven, Indiana. He's His crystal balls are all for Ohio State. How many of these top eight kids are going to end up at Ohio State? <laughs> if Brian Hartline stays at Ohio State as their OC slash you know, receiver guy, I, I think a lot of receivers are going to look at that and say, huh, if I'm a five-star, Ohio State seems to translate my five-starness into millions of dollars in the NFL quite often, right? If he were to go get a head coaching job somewhere, I, I think that uh, Ohio State would still recruit receiver extremely well, but maybe not like have a cheat code uh, recruiting receivers, right? I mean, Heartline is just sort of that guy right now. Mm. Speaking of premium positions, there's a, there's one very important position in football that is notably uh, not as a uh, you know, prolific in terms of the very top of the rankings. We'll get into that and more takeaways from the new top 247 next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, 
taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We've only got one offensive tackle in the entire top 60. I mentioned positions that we are used to seeing uh, high in the recruiting rankings, and we are used to seeing, you know, just some of these tackles that are being top 10, top 15 guys in the NFL draft. Top tackles can end up being in the conversation for top two, top three overall picks. In this cycle, only one in the top 60. What that mean? Um, it means if you got a player who you think is an elite offensive tackle in last year's class, you're even more happy about that today after surveying the landscape. Uh, now, I think it's important to note that the, sometimes these big bodies develop later. Like there are guys who we identified as big bodies and it just takes them longer to show that, hey, I can control and move this big body and I can have the coordination to, to move. Or sometimes it's like, hey, I've gained 25 pounds since you guys last saw me and now I am you know, 288, not, you know, 263, right? And that, that happens. Or sometimes it's, hey, I used to be 400 pounds and now I'm down to 365. I'm taking my, my fitness seriously. You guys should move me up a little in the rankings because maybe when I get to college, I can get down to like 315. Even that. with that said, this is definitely a bad year for offensive tackles so far. I mean, I think you have a lot of teams looking at dudes who the NFL will look at as guards and they're saying, okay, does he have the length for us to be able to play him at tackle? Like we have to take somebody in this cycle. And this is compounded because tackle is an absolutely a premium position. You do not go and get good tackles for the most part in the transfer portal. It's just really hard. Most of your best G5 tackles with the portal are going to play guard at, uh, at the P5 level if, if, if they move up a level. So if you're a program that is in bad shape right now for tackle, you may be in bad shape at tackle for a little while longer because I don't think you're going to solve it with this recruiting class, most likely. And the portal is extremely hard to uh, to figure out there. So if I'm Brandon Baker, the five-star offensive tackle out of the football factory in Santa Ana, California, that is modern day, I'm waiting as absolutely long as possible to commit, right? Oh, yes. No, yeah. and, and California is a state that allows NIL for high mm -hmm. school players. So... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who's in so, He'll be signing in February. Is <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. At, at everybody is is in there, right? I mean, like all all, all your SEC powers, you at USC, Oregon, like they're all because there's just not that many bodies this year who can move, man. Like there's some decent interior prospects, but just the the bigger guys who you're like, okay, that that dude's a tackle. He'll be a tackle in the NFL. Like I, I don't see a Paris Johnson this year, right? And and I don't see a a Broderick Jones so far. No, no, like six five, three fifteen, big wingspan, good base. Mm. Um, what about speaking of teams that are in there? Who are in this cycle? Uh, some of the programs and coaching staffs that have have really stood out in terms of being in on some of these guys that y'all are moving up in the rankings. All right, so I have one. Actually, I have two. I think you may be surprised by guys. So Georgia is actually doing an extremely good job. You, you may be <gasps> surprised about that. They, what? Yeah, they've. They've gone back-to-back. -back. Uh, they're in on Rayola, as we talked about earlier. They have the number one cornerback in Ellis Robinson, who's a freak. He's at IMG. I saw him at IMG, IMG's Pro Day a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Landon Thomas, the number one tight end in the country, in a really good tight end year, by the way. like I, Right now, we have so many tight ends who have proved that they're really good players, and there are 21 of them in the top 247. That's almost certainly a record, and we – I doubt we end up with that many because other positions will emerge later. Uh, they have uh, Demarcus Riddick, who's really, really good. Nikar is a top 20 receiver for us. And they have the number five safety in the country in uh, Jalen Hayward. So 
Nice start there for Georgia. Pretty much everybody has a single-digit number in terms of where do you rank positionally uh, in the country. And they really could make a run for the best class ever. Uh, they like they could beat that AM thing if they take enough high school guys. Now, Georgia started to dip their foot in the transfer port a little bit. I don't know how big the class will be. But in terms of star average, this is shaping up to be something that is historically good. Uh the other one, which is a program that has done really well recently on the field, but is not capitalized so far in recruiting, and I think our, the fans of this program will be extremely happy to hear it, is Michigan. Guys, Michigan is actually recruiting like a team that just went to the college football playoff twice in a row should recruit. Like They seem to be cashing it in. And we talked about this in last year's cycle, like kind of disappointing recruiting class, given the fact that you guys just made the college football playoff back-to-back years. Oh, no, that makes you angrier than your plumbing issues right now. Michigan's oh, yeah. inability to turn Big Ten championships <laughs> into recruiting wins has been making Bud Elliott furious uh, each of the last two cycles. But, last hey, night, took a little last while. Last night was big. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. They beat Ohio State for Jordan Marshall, elite running back in our top 247, Ohio kid. That's that's big. Jaden Davis is trending there. I knew Steve Wiltfong yesterday on the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Show. Said Blake Frazier, who's a legacy tight end, looking really good for them. And then one of the better offensive tackles in the class, Ben Roebuck out of Illinois, put a premium on that because there's just not very many good ones this year. He's also trending. That's that's encouraging report from Wilfall. I will just say going into the last part, like is Roebuck, Roebuck's not currently in high school in Illinois, though, right? He went to uh wait, where did he end up? I don't know, but I, I'm just looking at the Illinois because I was looking at the Illinois class, and just one thing I want Michigan to keep track of, like, I Marion Stewart is a kid that they're projected to get. He's a he's a top ten kid in the state, but if you look at the top ten, like you know they haven't landed any kids from Illinois yet, and they've got a great class going. So I think if I'm Michigan, the lesson I learned from here is to just leave the state of Illinois alone. Don't oh, don't oh really? Here anymore. Is, is, is that the <laughs> Like no, could, nothing there. Could, There's nothing there that you watch. Just stay the hell away. If I could open up um, the hood on Michigan's recruiting, who on that staff? It, I mean, I'm sorry if I caught you off guard with this one, but like, know. who on that staff do you think is really leading the efforts? Because early Harbaugh era, we're just like so inundated with the the Harbaugh antics, and clearly those aren't making headlines anymore. And so I imagine that some of this work is being delegated. And if they're finding success, then there are Michigan assistants that are out there really getting the job done. Who, How, how is that operation working right now? Uh, so I, I think you have Shro Moore, who's doing a really nice job. Like That, that, that guy's going to be a head coach sooner rather than later, I think. And it's because of his coaching, but also because of his ability to connect with recruits. Like he, He's a guy who can go out and fight some battles nationally for you. And I think the hire of Partridge is also nice for them. Like they're, They have a nice balance on that staff now, I believe, between coaching and recruiting. And, and these, are, like, these are the results you want to see. If Michigan had continued to recruit like it had been recruiting, and even though I do think their scouting operation and their player dev is really good, I think you would have had to be a little bit disappointed, right? And this is a nice early return for Michigan. Michigan fans should be excited that they are going head-to-head with some big-time programs and either winning or trending to win those big-time battles. Any other big uh, big takeaways from uh, from the list or sort of like getting into the process at, at this point in the cycle? Yeah, uh, a couple. So it's a really nice corner year as well. We have, we have three five-star corners. I think we have nine of the top 40 players in the country. If you kind of project where the guys we have the athlete tag on will eventually play. So that that's really nice. Um, I think it's a nice edge rusher year and not a great defensive tackle year so far, right? Uh, I know we have five uh, edge rushers in the, in the top 32, so that's five five stars there. Um, Jordan Ross is a kid who I think is going to be really fun to watch, like long, skinny, twitchy as heck. Um, I think he's he's pretty nice. There's also the, the other guy, I mentioned Jeremiah Smith, right, who could take the, the number one overall spot eventually. The other dude who's sort of the obvious candidate here uh, is, is Williams and Wari, and he is – he could be a Mario Williams, Carlos Dunlap type guy where he just has that, hey, I'm 6'5 and a half and 250-ish right now with at 17 years old, and am I going to be 6'6, 285, but able to stay on the edge in college and just absolutely wreck people? I, I think so. Uh, so we have him as our number three player in the country. He's not technically graded as an edge because most of, most of those guys with that body style you know, play more of that you know, five or four tech type stuff. But he has a real chance to like stay as an edge, you know, just
depending because like the length is there. He's twitchy enough at that size. Most of our guys we projected edges now are sort of just to give you an idea of like how bodies progress. They're more in that like two fifteen to two thirty range, and he's already six five two fifty. So uh, you know, yeah. Gracious. Uh, well, if you would like to check out the list and plenty of content around it, uh, head on over to 247sports.com. Our, friends, our friend Andrew Ivins also has uh, a piece that I would recommend where you're, you're identifying players that, as you all have gone through the process, you are higher on than some of the rest of the industry. And as we mentioned with uh, the Trayvon Walker example and many, many, many others over the years, uh, 24-7 sports and the brain trust that puts this list together does seem to have a good track record for being a little bit ahead of the curve on some of these players. So lots to check out at 247sports.com, and it's all around the release of the new top 247 rankings. Please, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we got the link in the episode description on YouTube, the link in the episode description on the audio side. Go and vote for the Cover 3 podcast uh, in the Sports Podcast Awards. We will be back Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to open up the big old bag of mail. And just like so many of you have done, you can join us live or you can come and get in early. Drop your question in the chat. Uh, we put the link live at youtube.com slash cover three in advance of the show that we will get to that. We'll take live audience mailbag questions. And if you go and leave us a five-star review and in that review, put your question, we'll tackle it in a future mailbag episode. Again, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We'll be back opening up the big old bag of mail plus live audience questions. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Pennelly. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.